1: And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing alright. It's balmy here in uh, upstate New York. Uh, It's going to get up to maybe 20 today. Yeah, And people were walking around yesterday. uh, I, I think it got up to 18. And people were talking about... Oh, oh, it's so nice out. It's so beautiful. I'm taking a walk. It's 20 degrees. That's not beautiful. That's not nice. You know, well, considering what we're supposed to be getting this weekend, minus 23. Now, I'm not talking about wind chill. I'm talking about real degrees. I mean, the polar bears, uh, they're they are built for this. Billy C is not. I'm in sweatshirts. I'm i am in the studio. And by the way, it has heat. It's not like we don't have heat in here. Ugh, can't take it. Today's show being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, and Italian restaurant located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salzneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. We'll find out why I go all the way to St. Simons for an authentic Italian meal. And speaking of St. Simons, join us on Friday, January 19th, at the beautiful c palms resort sal and i are going to be doing another billy c boxing event where uh, you can enjoy not one not two not three but four classic fights that we're going to rebroadcast and we want you part of the audience you can mingle with some former world champions we're going to throw some food out for you guys there's going to be a cash bar set up another great time at the c palms go to cpoms.com. give them a call Tell them you want uh, a room for the weekend. Bring the family. Go out on the pool. Take some, play some golf. Do whatever you got to do. What a beautiful place. Uh, check it out, CPOM.com. Just mention the Billy C. Boxing event uh, for Friday, January 19th. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by You got it. My book, Tom Mono From Bondage to Baddest Men and the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold, and you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to the show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Hey, listen, you looking to get a signed copy? Don't worry about it. Visit my website, www.billycboxing.com, and click on the book. You can't miss it. Uh, The infamous Jeremy C. uh, has it all over the website, so you're not going to miss that. But uh, anyway, um, coming up a little bit later, uh, we're going to be doing some emails. I got some emails to read. And also, uh, I, I, I managed to pick up uh, the major fights. You know, I, I went and looked at what people want. You know, a lot of people saying, oh, uh, this is the fight I want for 2018. Well, I, I put a collection together of the fights that you guys not specifically my listeners that that come and uh, respond and interact with the show but generally boxing fans what has been posted around about their dream fights of 2018 and uh a couple of them are layups we all want to see uh the main ones like uh uh you know Deontay Wilder uh, finally fighting someone you know like let's say AJ but um some other fights I, I, I was a little surprised about, so we're going to get into that. I got an update on uh, Vinny Pazienza, or Vinny Paz, he officially changed his name, by the way. And uh, we're going to kick off the show right now talking about the WBA. Now, out of, first of all, we've talked many, many times about how many sanctioning bodies there are. There's too many. And, and really, that's one of the main reasons why the sport is in the position it's in today. Um... But of the major sanctioning bodies, and I'm going to say the top five, um, WBC, uh, IBO, IBF, uh, WBO, and the worst one of all is the WBA. Now, I say the WBA is the worst because they are. And I'm not even going to get into the fact that the IBF is now uh, sanctioning Muay Thai uh, events, which uh, is really disheartening because to me, uh, that sounds like a merger of uh, martial arts and, uh, and boxing, uh, which I, I, I kind of thought we already had, uh, something called MMA. But anyway, um, the WBA announced yesterday that they stripped Guillermo Rigondel of his junior featherweight title. Now, now that is not the title he fought and quit when he fought Vasily Lomachenko a couple weeks ago. That's not the title. If you remember, he moved up not one but two weight classes in order to fight Vasily Lomachenko. The WBA had put in uh, place, uh, in the event that he had won that fight, he had five days to determine which weight class he was going to compete in, which is common. I mean, that's pretty much the protocol when a fighter decides to move up. But also, they made Team Rigandau pay an additional f- sanctioning fee of, I believe, $15,000 in order to fight Vasily Lomachenko. And they said, oh, by the way, if you lose, you're going uh, to, you know, lose your other title too, which really didn't make any sense to me. And I thought maybe, uh, you know, it was kind of BS because the WBA is, is known for lots of BS, but it was announced yesterday that they indeed stripped Guillermo Rigondeau of his junior featherweight title. Now, putting aside the performance that he had against Vasily Lomachenko and the fact that he quit and the fact that he let all of us down in terms of just pure boxing fans. And 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 listen, let's be real. Uh, you know, This is not hindering the performance by Vasily Lomachenko in any way, shape, or form because the guy dominated the fight. There's no question about it. But the WBA stripping Rigendahl of a title that was two weight classes below, to me, this just, just doesn't seem fair. How many fighters in the history of the sport have moved up to challenge for other belts? And whether they succeeded or not, yes, the normal protocol was they had to decide which weight class they were going to fight in. But more often, if they lost, they still had their other title. And then if they would decide, hey, you know, do I want to defend that? Do I want to give it up? Do I want to campaign in another weight class? Et cetera, et cetera. WBA... The scumbags that they are didn't even give Guillermo Rigondeaux that shot. Joining me right now to get his thought from uh, <laughs> from, from Saint Simon's, I, I, I'm laughing at you because you know you're sitting there like you were shocked that we would go. The camera was going to go to you. You know, it's like be what, maybe, what what, what, hey, what, right? what, what, my what thoughts, you know, I, what. what? Uh, anyway, Take Sal care. Rocky yeah. Cola joins us right now. Hey, Sal. I mean, all kidding aside, I, and it, I know it's hard to put the performance that Rigondeau made. I mean, it it was a piss-poor performance. There's no question about it. And we all agreed in how disappointed we were about the quitting, etc., etc. And we also given the accolades to Vasily Lomachenko for his domination of the fight. But to hear that the WBA stripped him of his belt that he had in two-way classes below, something doesn't seem right. What's your thoughts on this matter?
0: Well, exactly. I mean, something doesn't seem right. And uh, what was their reasoning again? Well, their reasoning was that he lost the fight. Well, he lost the fight, but he lost it in two weight divisions above his own, where he has been champion. And uh, as long as he's making his mandatories, uh, that's mandatory defense of his title uh, against the top contenders, then I, I don't see what the issue is of why he should lose that title because uh, Riggendow certainly didn't win the junior featherweight title. He, uh, he defended his. So uh, there shouldn't be an issue here. Uh, and I think it's just politics and just uh, having this sanctioning body called the WBA wanting to manipulate or control the direction of where they're going to go. And uh, they're going to put Riggendow on the outside, and who knows what they're going to do now. But they should have given him uh, uh, some other options there. Well, according to Team... Rigondow,
1: they yeah. do admit that the WBA had said um, that, uh, you know, that, that, hey, listen, you're going to pay this extra sanctioning fee. Uh, and, and keep in mind, <laughs> the 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 other confusing part of this, which is comical, is the title that Rigendow was fighting for wasn't even a WBA title. It was a WBO title. The WBO title is what Vasily Lomachenko has. So, right. I, you know, the WBA... Uh, made Team Rigandow pay a fifteen thousand dollars sanctioning fee for a, a a sanction that really didn't exist. It almost seems like well, it almost seems like they charged him to allow him to challenge for the WBO belt. But I don't see the connection honestly with the WBA in any way, shape, or form. I think that this is a punk move by the WBA, and I'll tell you what goes a little deeper, Sal is the fact that, you know, if you're a fighter and you get an offer to fight for a title, and we're always talking about the amount of titles and the, the, the devaluation of those title, titles because there's so many, simply, uh, you know, the old supply and demand rule uh, in life, in business. And, you know, when you have so many titles, the value of those titles go down. And now, as a fighter... You start looking at the sanctioning bodies when you get offered an opportunity, and you say, "Well, what's the ramifications going to be? You know, a- am I going to be forced to to fight, you know, these mandatories or lose my title? Something that I I put value in. You know, it's the same thing. You know, jumping out of this topic for a second, it's the same thing with like Anthony Joshua. We all want him to fight Deontay Wilder, but somewhere along the line. The WBA is going to throw a mandatory on him, which may put a wrench in the unification plans that A.J. has. You know, and I, I just think, I, I don't know. I mean, can they ever work? I mean, can they all play nice, though?
0: <laughs> Can't we all just be friends? Right. You know, let me tell you, Bill, it's, it is the saturation and over-sanctioning of, of, of where— what how and when this this uh the boxing like you just said it's it's got too many titles too many belts too many sanctioning bodies and and it's hard to keep track it's like follow the bouncing ball you know you have uh so many belts with the linear this one that then one intercontinental i mean it's 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 crazy i was listening to uh, uh uh i guess an uh an issue they were talking about on uh, one of the news programs this morning about the viewership of uh, football, NFL. And they think it's certainly a combination of uh, the players taking knees and uh, disrespecting the anthem as we see them doing. And, but also they said, someone said, it's a saturation, the oversaturation of football. They said there's too many games going on now. It's hard for people to keep uh, track of what's going on, what, where, and when and you know but it was so funny because my mind just went back to boxing and uh so we have these weight classes which which are multiple and then we have the multiple belts in each weight class and you have these sanctioning fees no matter what division you're you're representing and and i think what they did to rigging i don't think was quite fair uh especially if he paid his uh fee to fight the Lomachenko, and uh, there should have been, you know, like I said, it's just it's just money manipulation and uh, bullying in a sense where, hey, we're going to do what we want to do anyway, and that's it. So, I, I, I don't know. Well, the whole idea of the WBA
1: forcing Rigondeau to out pay a sanctioning fee to fight for a belt that wasn't theirs is even ridiculous. It that's was ridiculous. basically the way it was worded by the WBA is it was a permit that they paid <laughs> okay. for in order to let him fight for the WBL, But the truth of the matter is, is that he never lost his WBA title. He never fought at that weight class to lose the title. Do you think that this could have been a result of, of, of his performance, of the fact that he, that he quit? Uh, you know, And if so, is that really fair? If I'm a fighter, do I want to align myself with the WBA? I mean, the WBA is the same group that says we're going to get rid of interim titles. And they have 100,000 title holders. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You know, the truth of the matter is, is it's it's a word that is is often forgotten when you are talking about boxing. And that word, boys and girls, integrity. Integrity. We don't have much integrity left in boxing. And the WBA certainly doesn't. I think the WBA is the worst sanctioning body of all. And I, I look at five. You know, most people look at four. They look at the WBC, the IBF, the WBO, and the garbage WBA. I throw the IBO in there. And the reason why I throw the IBO in there is because I think that the IBO is a good sanctioning body. I, I really do. They don't get the recognition. Hey, listen, anytime a sanctioning body puts out the rankings— And they have a computerized ranking system that their own champions might not even be the number one guy. To me, that's a legitimate sanctioning body. They're being honest. This is the best guy. He's not our champion, but he's the best guy in the division. You know, I I mean, that's realistic. When you look at some of these sanctions, yeah, but when you look at some of these sanctioning bodies, uh, uh, Sal, you see these guys. Like yesterday, we were reading the top 15 for the WBA. Fresa Quendo hasn't stepped in the ring in three and a half years. How is he still in the top five? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The the IBO removes you from rankings after you don't fight for one year. Uh, WBC removes you from the rankings if you don't fight for a year. I mean, any legitimate... Uh, uh, a sanctioning body You can't consider a fighter active If he hasn't fought for over a year Maybe you stretch it to 18 months Maybe there was an injury involved Three and a half years, Sal Come on <laughs> I think I think all of the gi- legitimacy of the WBA Goes out the window with that What do you think?
0: Well, I think that definitely hurts their credibility. And uh, I, I like I said, I'd rather them uh, give a little censorship or a censor on, on uh, Regan Dow saying, hey, man, you, uh, champions don't quit. And uh, for that reason, we're going to, to penalize you or do something. Uh, I mean, because legitimately, I don't think, you know, even though he said he broke his hand or hurt his hand, no medical records uh, said anything else different than, uh, you know, hey, guess what? His hand doesn't appear to be broken. Um, So I I think there should have been an issue where maybe they uh, stripped them of uh, just lack of, uh, I don't know, competition or fighting or or desire to win or desire to fight. And, you know, you don't quit. You don't quit in the middle of a title fight. You don't quit in the middle of any fight. So I could have validated him being stripped of the belt more so on that level than I could just because they want to manipulate or go around or call it what it is. That doesn't really add up. You know, listen.
1: Uh, we're not supposed to take a performance and hold it against somebody if it's not even for your belt. It's like, it's like when I was criticizing some of the antics. I won't even mention his name, but some of his ant- some of the antics that uh, a so-called great fighter um, did outside of the ring. People would say, "Well, you know what, Billy C. You can't judge him." for what he does outside the ring. Even though he's beating up women and pimply-faced security guards, you can't judge him for that. You can only judge him for what he does inside the ring. Okay, I'll buy that, all right? I buy it. I agree. So what's different with this situation? This situation, what you have is you have a, a champion, and his own sanctioning body, who's he, he's a champion of, charges him to fight for another belt, which I understand... Sanctioning bodies have to grant permission for their title holder to fight another uh, another fighter uh, that's not their so-called mandatory or whatever. They charge him a fee, and then it looks like to me that they strip him of the belt because of the unfavorable performance or more often uh, looked at is, is the unfavorable decision that Rigondeau made to, to basically stay on his stool. And I don't think that that's fair. I think that a fighter has to lose their title inside the ring or give up their title. Uh, And obviously, Rigandau did not do either of those because he did not lose that title in the ring because that title was not on the line in that fight. I don't see any justification here except for one thing, Sal. Apparently, um, the fighters that they have moved... Um, in the uh, in these positions. In, in other words, Danny Roman was the regular junior featherweight titleist, now is the main title holder, which they call Super, and Moses Flores is the interim title holder. So what we had was we had Rigendau as the, the main, the real, the top dog champion. Danny Roman was the regular, just the regular world champion, and then um, Moses Flores uh, was the interim title. Now these are all the same weight class, 122 pounds, and Rigondeaux's kicked to the curb. Um, I think that that's terrible. You know, and, and the truth of the matter is, is, is um, you know, Rigandale had uh, a, a hard time finding people that wanted to fight the guy, and at least he could offer that he had a belt uh, to fight for. Now he's got no belt. I think this is going to end up being the end of Rigandow. I, I, I really do. Um, I think that this guy, something negative is going to happen with him. Um, you know, it's all negativity around him. Uh, he never got the fights he wanted. He was always criticized for for his style of fighting, even though he maintained that same style from, from day one. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think this is a real... I think it's a ridiculous move by the WBA, and I hope that the fans agree, and I hope that the fans look at the WBA and just say, you know what? Forget that crap. The WBA is a joke, and anybody that has their titles should not even give a crap about the titles, including my main man, Anthony Joshua. If I'm Anthony Joshua, I say, you know what, WBA? If this is what you did to him... What are you going to do to me? When I'm lining up a fight with Deontay Wilder, I'm trying to sign, seal, and deliver a fight with Joseph Parker. I want to get all these belts. Are you going to be, meaning the WBA, are you going to be in my way and make me fight Quendo, a guy who hasn't stepped in a ring for three years? I mean, <laughs> you can't make this shit up, Sal. You really can't.
0: No, no you can't. And, and, you know, it's a shame because the WBA was one of the first sanctioning bodies along with the WBC. There was the, those were the only two that we had to consider back uh, in the day when you can keep track of following the bouncing ball, who's a world champion this week, uh, and, and uh, you know, before all these other belts were invented or all these other sanctioning bodies threw their hat in a ring, which was uh, the first one. The next one was the IBF, and that was even... Uh, allowed to assimilate and have some credibility, and it was working fine. Uh, so this is uh, this this unless the WBA came out. With a direct reason as far as why they stripped the title, and and I wasn't just validating earlier when I said because of his poor performance or quitting, not coming out for the round. I'm just saying I could see that being more acceptable than nothing or no answer. So, but it's I, not I, relative. I don't know. It's not relative or relevant to to no. that. It's really not. I I, I mean, yeah. it's a yeah. different weight class. It's a different right. He, he right. paid his sanctioning fee. There's no reason why he should have been stripped exactly. of his title. You know what? All they say is, okay, uh, you know what, Ring and we're gonna we're gonna let you uh, take a week off, but you got a mandatory coming up against this guy. And that's it, and he'll see how he does. That's what should happen. Yeah, I
1: mean, if it was for his belt, different story. Hey, listen, we're gonna take a short break before we do. I want to give a shout out to one of the hardest punchers uh, as a uh, in his weight class. I uh, just saw him uh, pop in. He's watching the uh, simulcast over on Facebook. A uh, Randall Bailey, former world champion. Uh, Popped in there. I want to give a shout out to my man Randall. Uh, I'm glad he's uh, checking out the show. And uh, what a hard puncher Randall Bailey was. This is a guy I don't want to get hit by. But listen, we're going to (laughs) take a short break. And when we come back, when we come back, I got an update on uh, Vinny Paz. Remember yesterday he was uh, being looked for by the Providence police because he bit somebody. Blah 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 blah. He's a vampire? No, he's not. I'll give you an update. Back in two. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the Mighty Mustache. Oh, that hurts! <laughs> Why are you doing that
0: to my face? I hate, I hate you. I hate you.
1: That's BillyCboxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to BillyC. Billy Interact with the show at BillyCboxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. We had a little uh, technical glitch there uh, just as we went to break. And I'm hoping we still got my man uh, Sal with me. You still here, Sal? Who? Who? Yeah, okay, good, good, good. Now you're playing the Al routine. Uh, I got you. I got you. But, uh, yeah, for some reason uh, we had uh, uh, a couple of uh, little glitches going on. Uh, so uh, we'll uh, we'll take care of that. You know, we uh, we aim to please here on the show. You know that. Absolutely. But uh, anyway, um, Vinny Pazienza. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, Sal. And uh, Vinny Paz, as he's known now, um, was accused of biting a guy, and the Providence police was looking for him. Well, he appeared in court yesterday. Uh, five-time world champion and everybody uh, who never watched him live uh, that movie that put out was put out uh, two years ago bleed for this um, was based on his life he broke his neck blah 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 um Vinny pads appeared in court yesterday with a couple of black eyes his version of the story is that he was attacked and robbed of the 16 grand uh the yeah. other guy says that uh Vinnie Paz beat the hell out of him, stole, took the money from him, and bit him on the neck. So, uh, I don't know. They're uh, setting up the uh, time to go and uh, go back to court. Uh, somebody asked uh, Vinnie Paz if he regretted taking the law into his own hands. What do you think he said, Sal? You knew Vinnie Paz pretty well. What do you, what do you think he said when they said to you, hey, because uh, he was uh, appeared with black eyes, didn't enter a plea. Uh, is going to be back in uh, court in April. Uh, as he's leaving the room, they said, Hey, Vinny, you regret taking the law into your own hands? What do
0: you think he said? He said no, because I had a, I, I responded based on my instincts, and the guy came up and he stole from me and tried to take care of me, and I had to take care of him. So he said. I don't know all the rest of that, but he did say no. You were right about that.
1: Survey says, did he say no? Yes, 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 Sal is correct with that. Yes, you are. But uh, anyway, you so hey, you know, something else I wanted to mention. Um, and and I got uh, some uh, some video clips sent to me, and uh, my man Coach actually mentioned it in, uh, I don't know if it was an email to me or, uh, or in the chat room yesterday. Um, you know, Mike Tyson, you know, we were talking about his new venture, you know, with the... Weed uh, farm he's doing over in uh, in in uh, California, and by the way, the stock market. We were talking about that yesterday. It keeps going up with that. It so going keep going, Iron Mike. Keep more going, but uh, but you
0: know what? You, you know, it's not that you make more money because you you know, it's not how much you make; it's how much you keep. And you know, if we sell the stock, then you can make a net. But uh, you know, I'm letting it ride, and right now it's riding. Well, it was a penny stocks a, a year ago, you know, so you, of course you let it ride. But
1: uh, you know, the truth of the matter is is um you know all the other businesses are going up too now now that uh, recreational weed is legal in California uh there's been a huge increase in potato chip and dorito sales and uh, other snacks <laughs> you know that's funny
0: <laughs> you know i nice
1: tell you what you th- i tell you what you invest stock in lays invest stock in lays, lays. lays company lays. man I'm you know lays. or or wise <laughs> or wise but uh anyway um, you know, the, Mike Tyson. your Coach reminded me of something, and, and uh, Coach was present, so was I, when Mike Tyson did uh, the uh, the Turning Stone. Uh, uh, he did an event at Turning Stone. It was actually the one where he came back and had a meet with Teddy Atlas, and I was I was right there when they when they hugged uh, each other. It was kind of it was kind of lame ass hug by Teddy, but uh, Mike Tyson was doing uh, in, you know, doing a, a post fight interview, and he was talking about that. And he goes in. It, it, it was kind of off the wall. Now, a lot of people recorded it and posted it and wrote about it. I chose not to. And the reason why I personally chose not to is because I love Mike Tyson. And, you know, I actually had a chance to talk with him that night. And, um, you know, the truth of the matter is is I, I, I'm very good friends with, with Kevin, Ro- Kevin Rooney. And, you know, I, I just did not want to add to all of the the plethora of people that that publicized his breakdown and it was a breakdown and and you know I, I kind of put it put it out of my mind a little bit and then coach reminded me and um you know I, what sticks in my mind he was talking about the teddy atlas thing and blah 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 but what sticks in my mind is that he says you know he's talking about drugs um and obviously this was several years prior to to the pot farm thing but um, He's talking about drugs and alcohol, and he refers to him going to an AA meeting. I went to an AA meeting, and he was saying stuff like, you know, I was with, there with all the other alcoholics and – and, and uh, uh, what, what, what comment did he use? Alcoholics and, and junkies. He said fumes. junkies. You know, I was there with, with my fellow alcoholics and junkies, he says. Oh, and he starts going on. And, you know, he, he, you could see something happening. All of a sudden, I, it sticks in my mind. I'll never forget it. He goes, you know, I've been lying to everybody. He says, I'm proud to say that I've been sober. And he holds up six fingers. And he goes, six. Now, before he said another word, I'm thinking, it, my mind flashes. And I'm going, six years? Has it been six years? And I said, well, it can't be six months, right? I mean, only six, six months? Days? Six years, Hours? He goes, six days. I've been sober for six days. I'm, 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 I've am I'm, been bullshitting everybody. I'm a junkie. I'm a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. People think I've been sober for years. He says, I've been sober for six days. And it was just, he actually got a standing ovation in that uh, conference. But, um, you know, the truth of the matter is, is I was shocked that he comes out with six, six days. Years, six months, six days. I mean, I, you know, but obviously Mike has got well, his life start. straight. It's a benchmark. You well, know? that's why the the that somewhere. Well, that's why the people, you know, gave him, uh, you know, the a kudos, ovation. yeah. Because the next day he could say one week. Right, he could. He could say one <laughs> week, uh, you know, because he's running out of fingers, you know. Uh, but you know, Easy. but uh, but the truth of the matter is, is, you know, Iron Mike will always be one of my favorite fighters, and. uh uh, I uh, I wish all the best for, for Mike Tyson. That's for sure. Um, but uh, but anyway, I got some uh, I got some emails to read. And uh, this first one, you know, in case in case y'all forgot, you know, you know that, that that number one platinum album by Roy Jones Jr. You know, it's his song. In case y'all forgot, you know, you incidentally, Roy okay. Jones Jr. is uh, is fighting again. Um which I think is a joke. Uh but uh but anyway. because um, he's gonna find some punching bag that's, you know, got arms and legs. maybe they won't have any arms, I don't know, but uh but uh, you know, in case y'all forgot in case y'all forgot <laughs> every, t- every time I say that I think it's a stupid song. But uh Sal and I are doing another Billy C event, uh January nineteenth. And we want you guys to be there. Absolutely and, You know, we're going to have some former world champions there. And uh, we put out a nice little spread. You got some food. uh, You know, we don't include the alcohol for free. The food's for free, but we don't include the alcohol for free. But there's a a a cash cash bar there, a cash bar, so you can buy the alcohol, you know. Um, But uh, uh, we are going to show not one, not two, not three, but four classic fights. And uh, we're going to just show them consecutively. It's not like you're going to be there for nine hours. The event is about... Three hours long, I think. But um, we had a really good time last time. And, you know, uh, we hope that a, a lot of you that didn't go, that wanted to go, makes the plans. I know it's soon. You know, it's it's two weeks. Uh, but uh, do it, especially if you're in the Northeast and you're freezing your tushy off right now like the rest of us. Uh, there's no place better to go. Than Saint Simon's. and don't worry about them getting an ice storm and everything yesterday. You know, but they'll they'll have plants and hey, you're, we're going fishing, right? Are, are, are gonna we go gonna go have time fishing. to go fishing, Sal? By the way,
0: we can go crabbing. We can go fishing. No, no, I didn't say crabbing. Leave the girls out of this.
1: I, I'm talking about. I'm talking about fishing. We got to go fishing because uh, I want to drive all the way down. I'm bringing. That's it. I, I, one of the days I'm gonna go. Well, that I'm down there preparing. Uh, we're
0: going to go fishing. Uh, you, you promised. I think I have it on you, air. Don't you, know, make me... you know what I want to do? Uh, seriously. You know, and I will tell you this. For one of my birthdays, Kayla uh, brought the kids and I, and we went fishing, and we had a charter. His name was Captain, Captain Warren, I'll tell you, out of St. Mary's. This guy knew exactly where to go. We caught so many fish. It was a plethora of fish and species. I caught the whole alphabet. It was albacore, bonita. Uh, Barracuda, Cobia. See, I did the first three letters. Yeah. And and uh, you know, we caught everything. This boat, I felt like the SS Minnow. It was it was starting to sink in in, in the water because I mean we had so many fish. We had a call in the day after six hours of fishing. We we couldn't fit any more fish on board. And I mean, they were huge and game fish. We had we had a we had a blast. And we went back to the guy's house, we all cleaned them. This this guy what what a what a gem he was I'll tell you what I, I, Billy I want to take you on that kind of trip well, we're gonna go well, we're book gonna it. let this Captain Warren take us out there and I'm gonna tell you what you're gonna catch more things that you're gonna catch more than a cold pal well book it Dano and did did you did you <laughs> Dano, say Dano, book it Dano that's a funny thing did
1: you say a gay fish I didn't know fish were gay game
0: game oh game, game. I, game. I like, you didn't say like, you didn't speak like you this,
1: didn't speak like, you know cold hey. this one that one.
0: Hey, I hey Slip! I, I asked this fish to play a game. I said, "Bite the hook, please." Hey, hey, hey,
1: Slip! You, you, you didn't speak clearly on that. You know, you, you're not speaking clearly. You know, but uh, anyway, getting back to my topic, um, our event that we're doing that we want you to just get a hold of the seapoms. Uh, Stephen Barr uh, was a great uh, guy. He helped me. Uh, he found some old uh, news uh, clippings for me uh, on my guy Tom Molino and. Uh, um, you know, he, he surprised us. When, when, we, when uh, we did the last event, he showed up. Now, Stephen Barr is from England. Um, now, he does uh, reside uh, uh, some of the time in, in uh, I think, Washington, D.C. Anyway, he had some time and he just decided at the last minute to come on down. And um, he sent me an email yesterday and I wanted to share it with you guys. We're going to do some emails right now. He says, hey, Billy C. and Sal, I just wanted to thank you guys for hosting a great event in St. Simons uh, for the Mayweather-McGregor fight back in August. Now, that, that was the last time we did a, uh, a Billy C. get-together. Unfortunately, we, we had to do it around uh, that farce of a fight. But uh, we had a big crowd, and uh, uh, part of that weekend was the, the revisited uh, event that we're doing. Uh, again uh, on January 19th he says it was a great pleasure meeting with you uh, and Sal both in the flesh and equally thrilling to meet former world champions in person with Marlon Starling Bobby Chez and of course Ray Mercer all the great characters in their own way uh, I'm sorry. All great characters in their own way, and what an opportunity to talk to them in real time, particularly to talk about their careers and some of their great fights. Being English, I was particularly keen to talk to them about their fights versus the Brits. Example: Marlon versus Honeygan, Bobby Ches versus D- uh, Dennis Andres, and Ray Lewis. Uh, I- I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, Ray Mercer uh, against Lennox Lewis. Each gave us an insight that you would not get from the usual reporting. So uh, worth, so worth its weight in gold uh, to talk to them. It's hard, you know, to interpret, you know, the the way the English speak English. But uh, anyway, well,
0: they speak that's their Queen's English.
1: Yeah, they, well, hey, hey, again, what is it with you with the right. gay references? <laughs> you, you know, I, 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 what, do, Easy, what do you mean, man. Queen? There's nothing, there. there's nothing wrong with there's be, nothing wrong with being a Queen, you know. But uh, anyway, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Anyway, he says, additionally, they were most accommodating when lots of people approached them for photographs, etc., which is so true. I've said this many times before, Sal, in, all, in my life and all the athletes I've met from all different sports, boxers are the mo- most approachable um, across the board, whether they're famous or not. They are the easiest guys to, to go up to, and, and the, they're the hardest guys to identify, too. Because believe it or not, fighters look totally different when they're in street clothes than when they do when they're in <laughs> boxing trunks. But anyway, um, he says uh, they were all great company, along with you and Sal. And I'll have to, and I will have to agree with you that Sal does have the best pizza around. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wow, down. thank I said you he's, so much. I said he's in my top three. All right, but uh, anyway, hey, hey, he hey, says hey. he says in fact he was a great host on. Uh, he was a great host on the night. And his whole staff was excellent throughout a very busy night, serving and uh, serving everyone, and managing all the people trying to get in for the fight. Because Sal's place was literally the only place in town showing the fights. I look forward to any and all of your future events. Best wishes, Steve. That was. I, I'm so glad that Steve took the time to, to drop us that email, Sal, because it, it really showed that if you come to these events. Um, this is the type of atmosphere that you're going to get one-on-one, like hanging out with these guys, just like you're hanging out with your buddies. And the impression that they leave is that you become
0: friends with them by the time you leave. And that's
1: that's a true yeah. statement,
0: don't you think, Sal? 100% true. I mean, these guys, let me tell you, Marlon, Bobby, and Ray, what a combination we had. That's like, like a left-right hook. Uh, these these guys were so gregarious, so uh, opening to to anybody. Taking a pick, it was almost like we'd fall in formation. Okay, pitcher, boom. We'd get in formation. You know, <laughs> we and and they'd jump at the opportunity. And yes, they loved to talk about their careers. And yes, they were forthcoming on every level of being honest and being truthful. And you know, it was big. They didn't just pay attention to one guy, two guys, three guys. Everybody, everybody that came up to them, these guys were so open and so honest and so glad to pat them on the back and to, to say, "Hey, this is the way it is, and this is what, who I am." Uh, I, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a, a better, better showing by these uh, these world champions. And and I'll tell you what, I'm proud to call them all friends. They they they're, they're great guys, great guys. Yeah, and and anybody that meets them will walk away feeling
1: the same way, that they, they made uh, some good friends. So uh, uh, I want to thank Steve for taking the time to uh, send you, us Steve. an email. And uh, you guys uh, that haven't been uh, to one of our events, um, we got another one. It's right around the corner. It's a great time to, to, to reboot after the holiday season and come on down, hang out with us, uh, take the family. It's a great place to, uh, uh, you know, play some golf. And I, I go down there. I'm gonna be working with Sal, but I spend my evenings at Sal's restaurant and stuff in my face because I, I'm already I'm already planning what I'm gonna be eat. See, that's how sad it is for me, Sal. I already start thinking what nights I'm gonna have what I'm gonna eat this, I'm gonna eat that, you know. And and you know, I always open up with a with a pie. I I have to have a whole pizza, you know. But uh, you know, the thing is, is, nobody makes it quite the way you do, Sal. I mean. Uh, you know, I mean, you got some great guys that that make the pizzas and stuff, but you're the one that understands how I like it. And I'm not – I do. You know, it's not like I need anything special. I like a plane, but I like a New York style 100%, you know. And, uh, um, unfortunately, you're going to have to throw the apron on and,
0: uh, and do it for me when I get there. You know, I love it. I love it. You know, we've, we've been shorthanded. I've been tossing pies every day. It's been great. In fact, yesterday, because we had a freeze out on the island, uh, I just uh, opened up for to-go orders last night and yesterday, and I was there just with one hostess and my uh, dishwasher, and I, I made almost 100 pizzas just by myself. I it was just going to uh, say, great. For the way Sal made it sound, well, I was just open for to-go orders. When
1: you come down and hang out with us, you, you're going to see that his place isn't the largest place on the <laughs> island. And to-go orders is an understatement. The door is like, you, you know You need one of those doors, one of those doors that spin around because it's like you can't even get, you know, and then it's not like somebody comes in and says, oh, I ordered a a pizza to go (laughs) they come in yeah uh, Johnson nine pizzas to go please you know and they they walk out with a stack of pies it's like what are are they bringing them to another restaurant you know he's got another restaurant across the the street not even the street like an alleyway I swear to god they're coming in there buying stuff from you I see them I see them in there all the the time I think they're buying stuff from you and selling it across the hall
0: uh, they, but the, the, the team there does And they're great, that's a great restaurant I love Delaney's restaurant And the, when I get a night off I'm going to go there But the bottom line is these guys do a great job And uh, and their staff loves to come by And, and they'll order something before uh, before their shift starts Or after their shift and uh, So it's, it's nice, it's a good compliment And uh, we're grateful And we have a great relationship with the restaurant Across the hall there as you say and there's a lot of reciprocity. So uh, we even rang in the New Year's together. And uh, so it was nice. But the bottom line is my staff loves to do what we do. Uh, they, they, we, we love to put a smile on all, all the folks that come through our doors and uh, want to enjoy our food and our atmosphere. And it is a great atmosphere. You know, more people say, hey, Sal, this is, this is an event. This is, this is not just dining. I mean, it's an experience. And it is because you know we we sing songs, we make announcements, we have a good time where we're listening to to uh, uh, just 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 the tone of the restaurant is music in itself. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of action going on. There's never a dull moment, and it's not for the quiet times that you're looking to speak uh, uh, just doing a whisper. This is this is a, a place that uh, you know you can enjoy and be yourself and and bring people to be proud that you're going to experience a good time and you're going to come back.
1: Yeah, the reason why the staff sings songs is they're trying to, they're trying to, uh, you know, drown that, yeah. out the, the the videos and songs that Sal forces them to. They're all they're I all. I will I say do. one of the things. They know thing. every round, In, of every fight in, ever adi- in addition, <laughs> to having the best food on the island, he's got the hottest waitresses. I, I got to admit, I, I go I I don't go there for you or the food. I go there for all the girls. I mean, uh, really, I don't know where he finds them. But uh, another email. This is from Coach. And he says, uh, hey, Billy C, 2018 must have woke up the WBC. Finally, no step-aside money for Elder Alvarez, and we get Oleksandr Godzik versus Alvarez with the winner, the so-called mandatory, to fight Adonis Stevenson uh, versus Bodo Jack winner. He says, it smells a lot like another belt sale. This time, Al Heyman is the dealer who found stevenson and how did jack leapfrog all all over all the other 175 pounders um now he says who found stevenson because adonis stevenson seems to have disappeared people are trying to build 175 weight pound 175 pound weight division as being a hot division i'm not so sure i agree with that right now um but uh uh, you know, to say that uh, Alvarez once again has to fight someone else before he fights Adonis Stevenson, this time God Zaddick, uh And then Alvarez, uh, and then the winner of that fight, fighting the winner of Stevenson against Bedouin Jack. Bedouin Jack, as you recall, had a great fight uh, with James DeGaulle at 168. He moved up to 175, and he immediately gets a, a world title shot. I have a hang up with that, Sal. I believe that fighters, and and even with Terrence Crawford, you know, I I believe that, and I think Terrence Crawford could arguably be the number one pound for pound fighter right there, right out there right now, um, uh, between him and Vasily Lomachenko. But the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, what are you supposed to do? I, I, I mean,. Uh, did I pass by a break? Was I supposed to take a break? I, I think we passed right by it, Sal. Well, it's I, coming up. I think it's coming by. Uh, Maybe it passed by eight minutes ago, but no, I think we're going to Yeah, get, I, I, okay. I think we're not taking one. But anyway, um, the the truth of the matter it is, breaks. the truth of the matter, I, I got to talking about food and girls, I, you know, but uh, the truth of the matter is, there's no staples matter. Staples of life. <laughs> You're right, it is. You know, the the truth of the matter is, is when a fighter moves up, I don't care what his credentials are, I, I believe he's got to perform a little bit in that new weight class before he gets an immediate shot at a title. And the reason is simple. What about all the other guys that are working so hard? You know, what about them? How come they're getting, like, like the, the choice of words that uh, Coach used, leapfrog? That's a great choice of words. I mean, what about the guy that's working his ass off in the gym, trying to climb the ladder of the contention, and all of a sudden, yeah. He gets bypassed or kicked to the curb or worse, you know, all of a sudden gets lowered in the rankings for no apparent reason. He hasn't lost. He hasn't done this. He's been busy. He's doing everything that they tell you to keep doing. It's disheartening. And that's an understatement, don't you think, Sal?
0: Well, yes, I I agree with you. It is. It is disheartening. And, uh, you know, we should have definitely a little better communication there. Yeah, no doubt. I got another uh, email. Oh, uh, and by the way, wow. that was great. You talk about visiting the uh, having an event coming down to see us. Coach was one of the guys we met, and it was fabulous to see Coach. All of a sudden, there's a guy here. Oh, I'm Coach. I'm like, hey, Coach, how are you? He came to, to our place, and uh, it was great to meet him, and him and his lovely wife. And uh, I hope to see them again sometime. Just wanted to say that, Bill. Thank well, you. no. I had met – the first time I met Coach was, I
1: believe, at the uh, face-to-face. I think it was at the Turning Stone. I think uh, I think I met him up there. And then I saw him. He was just sitting there. When <laughs> he was he just came. standing against the wall. Yeah, he was standing That's against crazy. the wall. He was standing
0: there, nonchalant, like, hey, I'm here. And then you you did the double take, and you introduced me. And I was like, hey, wow, Coach. <laughs> That's
1: right. That's right. That was good. <laughs> it, was,
0: well, it was unbelievable. You never know who turns up. Oh,
1: Thank you, I don't need to remind. You. Was that the same time we we had to send a van full of fans home, and they've never listened I, to the yeah, show since, yeah. huh? Yeah. Is that the time? That's do I got to do I got to remind remind you about that, Sal? Huh? Do I? God, Sal, you you you're terrible. Those poor people from they were from South Carolina. He came from Carolinas. Yeah. I, I, I think I gave them free food that night. That wasn't enough. They drove yeah, was, all that way. They were going to stay and everything.
0: I, they should have called ahead. I didn't know they'd come with a van of people. I could only fit so many people in a restaurant. You know? I know, but we're here yeah, we were building it. Oh, oh come on, come on. Getting his head in there.
1: Hey, come on. Watch the fights. Watch the fight. Oh, by the way, we only got room for like nine people. Sorry, you know. Five people. Uh, anyway, we got another email. This is from my man, Johnston. And he says, uh, hey, Billy C and Sal, yesterday I had a pop. At the, uh, I had a pop at the WBA for their ludicrous world rankings in the heavyweight division. Well, if you thought that was bad, then look no further than the light heavyweight rankings, as they must literally be taking the complete and utter piss. Uh, he says, I stumbled across an article yesterday, and I have to say I was gobsmacked. This, that, that, that's, a, that's another one of those English terms. I don't know what that is. I was gobsmacked. At what oh, I was I could, reading, I could use that. that that yeah, gobsmacked. That, that must be like shocked. I think that <laughs> so might be synonymous <laughs> with shocked. You know, uh, I was gobsmacked, or 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 how we would say here in the states, I was shocked at what I was reading. You know, one of the one of the things that I like with the with the Brits is when they say he was gutted. He was gutted over that decision. You know, uh, you know, like a, I think of a fish like a getting fish gutted. You know, yeah, a fish you know, but uh, life, that decision that decision was so bad. I was gutted over the you know. But uh, anyway, uh, he says uh, apparently in the eleventh best fight, uh, apparently the eleventh best light heavy in the world, and the highest ranked Brit is a guy called Joe Fournier, who's 8-0 and with eight knockouts on BoxRec, but in reality, he's actually 9-0 and with nine knockouts. Now, for the younger generation who drink the Kool-Aid, as you like to put it, Billy C., his record on paper looks authentic. But if you do look closely enough, this guy is nothing but a novice. He's a 34-year-old nightclub entrepreneur who has more money than sense. He also stars on a TV show called Million Pound Party People. And his opponents, and that's not weight. They call that money over there. Um, And his opponents have a combined record of 26 wins, 76 losses, and a draw. Of course, he's also appeared on the David Hay undercard, one of your favorites, Billy C. Yeah, he knows I hate David Hay. He says the guy who wrote the article actually compares him with John DuPont, from the documentary Fox Catcher, which is spot on. The worst of it all, and the reason why his ninth victory, which he won in the Dominican Republic last year, does not appear on rec is because he's currently banned by NADO, N-A-D-O, until December 2020. You know, I, I, th- wow. th- the reason why is because of uh, um, uh, steroid use. And, and we were talking about this guy. Uh, I think Jesse had asked me what I thought of him. Um, but uh, anyway, he says uh, he grant now. Granted, he did appeal, and it was reduced to June 2018. So how on earth, uh, how on earth, his mythical ninth victory shot him into the top 15 for the WBA rankings is anyone's guess. The dangerous part of it all is that he will now have some hungry British light heavyweights hunting him down for his ranking. The likes of Anthony Yarde and Frank Boglani could really hurt this guy. Should we feel sorry for the drug cheat, rich man? The fluff without the stuff is one for Sal. And he says, here's another one for Sal. All the gear and no idea. Or do we condemn the WBA for being a bunch of half-breeds? Either way, this is a dangerous sport. And the WBA are putting guys like Joe Fournier in harm's way for the wolves of the division to gobble him up. Um, you know, I hope that uh, Johnston writes an article uh, on this topic and posts it up on BillyCBoxing.com. Uh, but I, 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 you know, when you when you read between the lines and you see all the uh, you know the, the the funny parts of this uh, email, the serious part. Uh, is what uh, the point is. It's a safety issue, Sal. And when the WBA takes, and, and I'm going to say the WBA, not that other sanctioning bodies don't do it, but the WBA is one of our topics today. When the WBA takes a guy who has no business uh, being, you know, in the ring fighting real fighters, and elevates him into a top 15 ranking which puts them in position to fight for titles and fight against real legitimate fighters, it becomes a safety issue. And how do you police that? You know, that's, a, that's a, uh, an opinionated um, decision by the powers that be at the WBA, who they feel are their top fighters. Then they rank them accordingly. You know, that's what I like about the computer rankings. You know, uh, but all the other sanctioning bodies with their rankings
0: are subjective. What's your thoughts about Ah, uh, the safety factor of this, Sal. Well, it is a, a, an issue. I mean, but you know, on the other note, that's what a lot of managers or uh, promoters try to do. They will feed a fighter that has potential, that has skill, that has a, a certain set that they feel uh, needs to be bolstered or, or promoted quickly and and up there and. Maybe give him uh, a few uh, easy wins here and there, and, and then drop him in in front of a real fighter, and, and uh, just just uh, you know close your eyes and see who wake, who comes out of winning. Uh, I don't think it's right, but uh, but that's a lot of the old playbook from from uh, the 80s um, that that people would would often see, um, and I think it definitely could be dangerous for that person or that fighter that's not quite really ready or has been tested and it all falls apart real fast like mike tyson say everybody uh everybody uh when they get hit they go to, they forget plan b whatever the heck everyone has a plan until they get hit something like that what would he say
1: he said <laughs> it's been six 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 days since i've been wait, sober. Wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> oh no no what, what, are, what are you, you Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. That's 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 like good. A, that's a nice quote. True. But uh, but it, he also <laughs> said, it. "I'll eat your childrens." He said, "You know, <laughs> said I, that too. I, yes, I remember one is. year. I remember one year somebody sent me a list of all of his his lines, and I tell you, there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of lines. I like the one
0: when I saw him with Don King when he when he first had charges against him, and he said. I'm an incident of all these charges. He said, I love women. I love my mother. And she was a woman. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know he came out with some, some good stuff. He claims,
1: by the way, speaking of Tyson, he claims that he was uh, whacked out on Coke. Um, you know, during the Lewis, Lennox Lewis fight, and that's what caused him to bite his uh, his leg. The, 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 the thing wait, about, wait, wait! There was more bites. Well, <laughs> well, you don't remember that? <laughs> at the at the press conference, he runs over and he's going, "He bit my leg." He bit. That was there's only two fighters, at least two major, may, maybe it's two world title fights where the fighters did not shake hands. You know what the two of them are? Mike Tyson's. <laughs> well, you know one of them was Mike Tyson against Lennox Lewis. Remember, they had the wall. That was in, uh, I think, Louisville or someplace in Kentucky. They had the l- wall of security guards. They wouldn't shake hands. The other one was uh, my man Jack Johnson fighting uh, um, for the world title when when he beat, uh, what's his name, uh, James, uh, uh, why can't I, can't I think of his right right last name? Uh, come on, help Braddock. me out here. huh? Braddock. He didn't fight Braddock. No. Braddock. Uh, <laughs> Uh, coach help me I, I'm, I'm, I'm losing Tunney? my mind i'm losing my mind james the Gaul <laughs> oh, no 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 um it's this it is crazy um oh god it's tough have another old. cup of coffee man it's got to it's, open up those brain it's, waves. it's tough yeah my brains, my brains are uh are fired uh, uh, neurons they're, they're shot for sure uh um I am waiting I'm waiting for somebody to help me I'll out. Say, here. Wait, okay,
0: let me bail you out. Hey Billy C. Uh, what about the Georgia Bulldogs? Yeah, hey, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the national but, championship. He's
1: telling me Galata. No, it's not Galada. It's yeah. uh uh oh God. Why can't I uh James Carney wrote a great book on him. Um uh I'm st- i I don't wanna move past this because I can't believe it. I love the I love this story, think his life. Think of- they uh, Carnegie. No, he came back to fight Jack Johnson. Remember, he had retired. And Tommy uh, Burns. What? <laughs> yeah, whatever, so whatever. I, I mean, uh, it'll it'll come to me. But uh, we got
0: some. Uh, <laughs> I got to take a.
1: What, what, what's good for the we, memory? We, I think we overdo it. We
0: need two breaks. No, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think <laughs> uh, you know. I, I I
1: think you need uh, Ginsu. Um, Gitsu.
0: Gitsu. Yes, Gitsu. Remember the Gitzu. Coach is
1: saying the question: who fought James?
0: I mean, uh, James. I'm waiting for Coach to come up with the answer. I know. He wasn't paying attention. He
1: wasn't on. paying he he wasn't pay, Who Who did uh, Jack Johnson beat uh, when they uh, it was the battle of the uh, white against the black? Um, and he came out of retirement. He he uh, uh, The world heavyweight champion felt that Jess there was. Willard. No, no. Oh. It was James. Um, James? <laughs> yeah, I can't I'm James. I am so friggin' pissed right now that I can't I know think know of this guy's last name, Huh? I know which fight you mean. I know that. I just can't Oh either. God. It was it was classic. He weighed three hundred no, not Willard. Three he weighed three hundred pounds. No, it's not just Willard. It, James it, Braddock. It, no. James Braddock came years later.
0: I know that, but he but maybe it was his No, it wasn't a U.S. Marine.
1: Even when we got guys from England telling us it was a U.S. Marine. No, Um, I
0: know it's. It's come on, Bill. This is an easy question. You know this answer. I know, and, I, and I'm Go through the alphabet. A hey, was it? Was it, uh, it Anderson? Began, no. No. Go through <laughs> no. the alphabet. Hurry up, Del Carter. No,
1: no. He begins with. His, I'm pretty sure his last name is begins with a C. James. Um, all right, let's take a break. I'll have the answer as soon as I come back. <laughs> you will. I promise I, promise. I promise. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be thinking. Thinking about this. Don't go nowhere. Billy C. We'll be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C., the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait,
0: what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this.
1: Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there.
0: Hey, hey, look
1: at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> The undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. James Jeffries. I, I can't believe... That I, I I forgot that. I mean James I, Jeffries. I did. thought I said that. Rewind the tape. You didn't say that. But listen, there's yeah, uh, there's there's uh, a, a great book uh, that I read about James Jeffries, and this guy, I, you know, one of the things that that always amazed me about learning about James Jeffries, and, and you know, when he trained, he only li- he limited himself to one quart of water per day while he was training. And you say to yourself, you know, and and at that time, we're talking about the early 1900s, at that time they thought that that would toughen you up. As we know today, he's lucky he didn't die of dehydration. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, know, and and you know what he used to do to get in shape, to to train for fights? He used to go, now remember, the world was a lot different over 100 years ago. He used to go up into the mountains, climb these mountains, and hunt. Hunt mountain lions and bear and tackle them and go fishing and do all this stuff. It sounds like a this camping trip to me. This is folklore. Yeah, stuff. yeah, no, but that's how we used to get in shape. And he used to toughen himself up. Anyway, he was a heavyweight champion, and he retired undefeated. And the reason why he retired was that he had felt that there was nobody in the world that can compete with him. And neither did anyone else. As a matter of fact, he got to pick, which is we talking about how you know sad boxing is uh, today. But back then, he got to pick who would fight for his title, and he was the referee. I mean, I you know, and, I remember um, this now. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and and, uh, and and you know, he picked for that, picked the fighters, and then that was the battle cry when James London. Uh, I'm sorry, when Jack London. Who was a, a great writer? I, I've told you guys about uh, a, a sh- an essay he wrote called uh, "A Piece of Steak," which is which got me into the sport when I was a kid.
0: Did he write about wolves too. Uh, I think uh, I yeah, the Sea Wolf.
1: Wolves. The Sea Wolf. It was uh, was another great book that Jack London wrote. But but um, what uh, what he did in the newspapers? Now now this was a totally different time. You know, prejudice was <laughs> was at its worst. That's why they call it uh, Jim Crow America at the time. But Jack London used to write in the paper on a daily basis, begging James Jeffries to come out of retirement to save the white race. Jack Johnson had <laughs> since become the champion, and uh, you know he's going, oh, save the white race, Oh, it's up to you, it's up to you, James, come and save oh, us. You know, I, I, and James Jeffries really didn't want to fight. He was, it uh, was over three hundred pounds. He was uh, had an alfalfa farm in, in California, and he was very happy. But the pressure. From the media and boxing fans and everything else forced him to come out of retirement. And he did get back into shape, uh, but he uh, was no match for my man, Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson beat the hell out of him. As a matter of fact, they refused to to, to call it a knockout, even though he's hanging on his, his pictures of him trying to pull his his knocked out ass up on off the ground. And the police intervened and put a halt to the stop to save James Jeff- Jeffries from getting knocked out. As a matter of fact, somebody in the chat room just said that they looked up on BoxRec and it says that he lost the decision against Jack Johnson, uh, according wow. to BoxRec. But the 15th round, Jack Johnson just pummeled him and he was hanging, trying to pull himself up on the ropes. And uh, the the cops jumped in and, and stopped the fight, giving the win to, uh, uh, to, in my opinion, uh, one of the greatest fighters of all time, Jack Johnson. Uh, but uh, anyway... I had lost my mind. I could not think of James Jeffries' last name, and that was really bothering me. But uh, uh, anyway, so I, I like I said in the beginning of the show, Sal, I, there's some fights that uh, you know I, I've collected along the lines of, of uh, you know, from fans, from fight fans that feel that are must see for 2018. The the one that I think everyone agrees on. Um, is Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder? This fight I would love to see happen in 2018, and I hope it does. Not only does it put two knockout artists against each other, not only does it put arguably the two best heavyweights in the world against each other, um, it, it's good for the sport. And when you have the demand for this kind of fight, I hope that the powers that be don't pull the old, let's
0: let it marinate some more, because it's marinated enough. Oh, yeah. What's your it's thoughts? Done. You uh, he, he, he said it. We've been talking about this fight for a long time, just like we've been talking about uh, Canelo Alvarez versus Triple G. Uh, this fight should, and I hope, will take place in 2018, and I hope it will do so before the end of the summer. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's going to be uh, two worlds colliding, and uh, I think you know you can't really you can make an argument why you think one fighter might beat the other, but I think it's going to be a great fight. And I think it will live up to the expectation. And I think uh, there's going to be a fight full of couple surprises. Well, I think that, uh, and, but it's got to take place. Yes, yeah. I mean we could we could theorize over everything, but the darn fight's got to take place. It should take place this year. Well,
1: I, I think it's I, I think it should take place this year. I, I think it's will continue the uprise of the sport or re-rise of the sport. And I th- I think that it's important. You know, not only is it life-changing money involved for, for both fighters uh, and everyone involved, but it's an important fight for the sport. And I don't see, a, you know, a lot of times, like, like for example, Pacquiao against Mayweather, it was anticlimactic. We waited six years for it, and then it happened, and it just did not live up to the expectations. And, you know, we all felt that it would have if it was fought several years earlier. The difference between this fight and that fight, I mean, you know, aside from weight class, is that Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder are both big, strong guys. And even the loser in this fight, Sal, is a winner. Because as long as they don't get blown out in 30 seconds, and and if it could be as as... You know up and down so to speak as Klitschko uh, Joshua was or back and forth and and both fighters hit the deck and get up Um, you know it'll be memorable so uh, to me this is a win-win fight for both fighters I can't see it being a dud I can't see it being anticlimactic both fighters want to knock each other out Uh, Deontay Wilder doesn't know anything else and Anthony Joshua is priding himself on breaking fighters down I, I I can't see it being less than a great fight, and there's no reason we, we should wait for this one.
0: No, I agree with you 100%. You know, it's like uh, years ago, I wanted to see that third Leonard and Durant fight, and I, I thought that waited too long before it happened. But uh, uh, we want to see this fight definitely soon. It's got to be this year, and I hope uh, I hope they do so before the end of the summer. Another fight that I, I saw that a lot
1: of people want to see in 2018 also has Anthony Joshua in it except it's against Tyson Fury um you know I I can understand why there's some interest there Tyson Fury was the world heavyweight champion he beat Klitschko before AJ did and then walked away he's undefeated he's six foot eight six foot nine whatever he is when he's in shape he's got a good jab he knows how to he, – he's got a bunch of tricks up his sleeve. He knows how to lay on people. He does not have that devastating knockout punch. And I don't think he could hurt Anthony Joshua. He certainly can't punch as hard as Wilder or Klitschko. Um, you know, if you go back and watch some of his knockouts, I just don't think that he delivers his punches to take advantage of his size. But with that said, he's, he's, he's cagey. And uh, I think, the, you know, a lot of times these big fighters – have a hard time fighting other big fighters. They become proficient True. in fighting smaller guys because they're so much bigger. The Klitschko, both Klitschko brothers, had to learn uh, how to uh, fight a smaller guy. And then I think that in Vladimir's case, he had to relearn how to fight big guys because all of a sudden the heavyweights were, were you know his size. Um, so I think that the Tyson fury Anthony Joshua fight, assuming Tyson Fury gets back in good shape, I think that that could be a, another... Good fight, but I don't want to see that before Deontay Wilder. I, I think both Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua should fight their next fights. Um, and tentatively, you're going to see uh, AJ against Joseph Parker and uh, Deontay Wilder uh, against uh, Luis Ortiz, and then the two winners fighting each other. To me, that's the way. And then after AJ disposes of Wilder, then he
0: goes on to uh, fight Tyson Fury. Uh, that's what I think. What do you think? I think I think that would be a great layup. I would like to see that myself. But I definitely think that uh, uh, he needs to be back in the ring and have a fight first he, uh, other than just walking in. I saw on ESPN, he wants on uh, ESPN news feed that uh, Tyson Fury was saying that he wants to fight uh, his first fight coming back against Anthony Joshua. I don't think it's realistic. I don't think it should be. Uh, I think he needs to fight uh, one tune-up fight or whatever else, look good, fight somebody in the top ten. And then uh, get back in the ring if he can for title. Well, there's no way he deserves. No, I know, but that's what he's he's wanting. He said on ESPN, he's saying, "Hey, I want my first fight, or I want to fight uh, Joshua now." Yeah. Well, there's no way
1: he deserves to uh, now to get that. Uh, Another fight that I see a lot of people are interested in is Triple G against no, not Canelo against billy joe saunders there's there's a a, a large contention of people that feel that triple g against canelo is going to be the same as the first time around but now that billy joe saunders demonstrated that he can handle a a come at you power puncher in david lemieux um many people want to see triple g fight him uh I don't know. What do you think about that
0: fight rather than Triple G against Alvarez next? I would like to see Triple G versus Alvarez. And I, and I do like Alvarez. You know I like Alvarez. I wanted to see him beat Mayweather. I like to see him win all the time. He's a great fighter. But I wanted justice, and I thought that Triple G beat Canelo Alvarez that first fight. So, yes, I think I would like to see that fight only to see if Triple G can could, could do a little bit more and convincingly, beat canelo alvarez uh and i'll tell you what the billy joe saunders we saw a few weeks ago is going to be a dangerous fight for any of the top contenders or world champions to take on at the middleweight division i'm telling you I, what we saw was not what i expected and i thought that uh, the fight would have gone a lot different but it did not and you can't blame uh the lack of effort on lemieux uh versus the strong performance that was turned in by billy joe saunders
1: you know, I I agree. Billy Joe Saunders opened up a lot of eyes, but it was one fight. Uh, yeah. I, I I believe my opinion is that Triple G and Canelo have to fight the rematch. Have to
0: fight. And Maybe. and if
1: Canelo if Canelo doesn't sign it because apparently he's in the driver's seat, and I and I know we just before the end of last year we, we were saying that Canelo's team um, was uh, or at least Canelo was telling his team make the fight. Uh, I want this fight. You know, with all the smack talk. Uh, you know, and it sticks in my mind. Just remember, us Mexicans don't F around. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. okay. Well, tri- tri- um, Canelo has turned into a a, a cherry-picking ducker. Uh, he fought Triple G and didn't finish the show. And to, in my opinion, Triple G was robbed. Um, I think that they're afraid uh, of Triple G, even though I think that the edge goes to Canelo in the rematch. But I want to see Triple G fight canelo in the rematch i want to see billy joe saunders fight daniel jacobs and then the two winners fight each other then the two losers fight each other then the winner of the two losers fights the winner of the two winners that's what i see i see a that's nice little a round, round
0: robin. robin of title yeah. i think that's great i like the scenario we got the middleweight division all sewn up for the fights we want to see this year i at the that's perfect, Bill. Some perfect. people
1: some people want to see Canelo against Danny Jacobs. Now, I say this. If Canelo fights Daniel Jacobs, I think Danny Jacobs is too big for Canelo. I think, I think Daniel so. Jacobs uh, fought very well against Triple G, and if it weren't for the knockdown, he might have squeaked out that win. So, uh, no. Danny Jacobs against Billy Joe Saunders is legit in two fighters that are trying to position themselves to take on the number one middleweight and as of now,
0: that's still Triple G. What do you think? I think it's a great uh, idea. I, I like that whole scenario. And uh, we definitely, I want to see Canelo Alvarez get back in a ring with Triple G. And uh, Daniel Jacobs is is a great fighter. And he could be in a ring with any one of these guys. And he could beat any one of these guys on any given night. I really believe he's got the ability. But uh, Billy Joe Saunders, you cannot discount him. The Billy Joe Saunders, we saw that night. Like I said, Styles makes fights and all the other stuff. And he just dominated. And might as well well have thrown a lasso around, uh, 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 what the hell, David Lemieux, uh, like a puppet. He just made him fight his fight. And and Billy Joe Saunders, we know what he did. It was a one-sided fight. And I think a lot of middleweights out there will give – will have a hard time trying to beat uh, Billy Joe Saunders. He showed a lot. He proved a lot. Another
1: fight that people are mentioning that they want to see is Terrence Crawford against Keith Thurman uh, in the welterweight division. Um, as much as I like this fight, I think Keith Thurman needs to fight Errol Spence. I, I just think that Errol Spence uh, is, is a guy that I want to see fight Keith Thurman. I'd rather see Terrence Crawford Fight the winner of uh, 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 Sean... um, I'd rather see Terrence Crawford fight Sean Porter, to be honest with you. Uh, I think Sean Porter against Terrence Crawford would give us a good indication of how Terrence Crawford can uh, fare in the welterweight division. Then the winner of that fight, fight the winner of Errol Spence and Keith Thurman. That's what I think. I think that Keith Thurman needs to step it up and fight uh, Errol Spence. Errol Spence wants Keith Thurman, and Errol Spence... I mean, at this point in the game, Keith Thurman has way more experience on the pro level than Errol Spence against way better opposition than Errol Spence. So, you know, I don't think Terrence Crawford against Keith Thurman uh, should happen before Errol Spence against Keith Thurman. I'd much rather see Keith Thurman and Errol Spence get it on, uh, assuming that Errol Spence gets by Lamont, you dummy,
0: Peterson. Um, And I'd like to see Terrence Crawford fight Sean Porter. What do you think? i think it's a great idea i like the sean porter idea he's, he's not a huge welterweight and uh you know those scud missiles that he throws is uh are gonna be constant and uh, he's it he's an action-packed fighter and i think terence crawford will have his hands full being able to slip some of those punches counter here and do this and that but i think uh that porter will make that fight uh meaning like he'll make that fight happen by constantly coming at him with a barrage of punches from all angles um and I think that could be a really good, exciting fight. And it will test uh, uh, Crawford at that division as well. Keith Thurman, I'll tell you what. Anybody that's going to step in a ring with Errol Spence is going to have their hands full. I like Errol Spence. I think he's one of the best out there in that division. And uh, I would not be surprised if Errol Spence uh, does a heck of a job in beating uh, uh, Keith Thurman. No, I, I hope so. I'm not a big fan
1: of Keith Thurman. I'm not. He turned into a a, a a a talker that doesn't back anything up. So uh, I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big fan of Thurman anymore. I, I I've lost some respect for Keith Thurman. I, I really have.
0: I could tell. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, I'm just <laughs> I saying.
1: I want fight- fighters need to fight. They don't I need don't. to talk. You know, it's like it's like in the Clint Eastwood movie Good to Bad and the Ugly. The guy with the one arm. He's in Duco. <laughs> And Tuco's fine. During during all the bombing, you know, Tuco finds a bathtub full of water, decides to take a bath. (laughs) And he's sitting in the bathtub, and all of a sudden, the, the one armed guy kicks in and he goes. I've been searching for you. Ever since I went to use my right arm and it wasn't there, I learned how to <laughs> shoot with my left arm. Every day I woke up without my right arm, I thought of you. And I searched you. I think I'm coming to get you. I'm here, I'm here. Now I'm gonna kill you and Tuco blows him away. He had the gun in the in gun underneath. The the sun. Water. And he stands and up and he goes, he says, Hey, you're if you're gonna shoot, you. shoot, don't talk You know and it's like hey, that's right. If you're gonna fight, fight, don't talk. You know, I mean, come on, right? Tell me that's not a good analogy, Sal.
0: Classic, 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 classic You know, uh, Clint Eastwood movies had some classic lines, and uh, you know, I love the one when uh, I think he played Dirty Harry. Goes, he goes, a man's got to learn his limitations. A man's got to know his limitations.
1: Yeah, but this was tu- Tuco. Eli this Wallach was Tuco. the Yeah, Eli Wallach. Yeah, yeah. But that was In a great a scene. Cup. That's that's With my favorite. It's my favorite western. But anyway. Um, Another fight that uh, people are calling for for 2018 is a good one. I personally think that it's kind of a mismatch because of size difference, but Vasily Lomachenko against Mikey Garcia. Um, You know, it is a super fight. Uh, It does put two really good fighters against each other. Uh, I love Mikey Garcia, and I love Lomachenko. Uh, I just think that Mikey Garcia is too big. You know, he fought... uh, um in his last fight at 140 he still holds a lightweight championship at 135 um you know lomachenko is a champ at 130 uh so I, I don't know i don't know you know uh, uh mikey garcia fighting at 135 or uh, making lomachenko go to
0: 135 can mikey garcia go down to 130 i don't know i don't know i think i think that fight could be made at 135 and uh uh, I, I, as much as I like Mikey Garcia, I think Lomachenko could move and evade his punches. And I, I think being a position, I think uh, it's gonna it'll be a hell of a fight. And uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if Lomachenko beats him. Well, you know the funny thing is you you hit something on the
1: head. Lomachenko against Mikey Garcia would demonstrate Lomachenko's defensive ability because he's not gonna go in with reckless abandon against Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia is no. too smart of a fighter. We've seen Mikey Garcia break down his opponents, and he, he, he fights very exciting. He's an exciting fighter to watch. I think he's too big for Lomachenko. I think Lomachenko would be in a position where he's total defense. He's thinking defense for the whole fight. And I, I think if he wins the fight, uh, he would have to uh, really uh, uh, establish a, a jab and, and be able to land punches and get out of harm's way quickly and and hit him again. And Mikey is too good. He's too good, too big, too strong, too fast. I don't like the fight. I don't like it. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'd like to see great fighters challenge themselves. And that's what great fighters do. So I could see Lomachenko, you know, trying to challenge himself to fight a great fighter like Mikey Garcia. And likewise for Mikey Garcia, I could see him challenging himself to get down to the weight and everything else. But truthfully... I think Lomachenko's already moved up enough. It doesn't appear that he's having trouble making weight. He's not a big guy. He seems to have lost his knockout pop, uh, you know, when he fights the bigger guys. I don't know. I'm not—as much as I think the fight looks great on paper, and I would like to see it, I'm not—I don't think it's a a fight for Lomachenko that he has to take. I I really don't. What do you think?
0: Well, I I, I agree with you. I don't think he has to take it. I think— Lomachenko could reign uh, for a long time as champion in the junior lightweights, but as you suggested, you know, a fighter wants to challenge himself, wants to see what he could do, and I think Mikey Garcia would be the perfect opponent at a lightweight division. I mean, he's a champion, and he's a great fighter, but I, I you know, Lomachenko is so crafty. He's so smooth in what he does and so proficient in slipping punches and delivering punches. I'm telling you, it's going to be a war. He's and and Lomachenko's always in a position. to Always want to go the distance because he can he can outpoint his opponent. So, I think I think Lomachenko would enter to that fight with the confidence, knowing that hey, I don't have to get hit here, and I'm going to slip him. I'm a little faster, but I could definitely uh, uh, land punches when I want to, pick my shots, and pick my moments, and pick my battles when they go inside. So. I would not be surprised if Lomachenko beats Mikey Garcia, as much as I like Mikey Garcia, but I could also see Mikey Garcia being too big and too strong and breaking down Lomachenko just being there in the 12th round uh, and and delivering some heavy shots. It's a good fight. I would like to see it. Um, Two other fights I want to mention.
1: One is one that kind of flies under the radar, and and this is... uh, uh, (laughs) I mean, talk about an exciting fighter, Leo Santa Cruz. I-, I love him against Gary Russell Jr. at Featherweight, and and Gary Russell Jr. You know, he he was on the show before. Uh, extremely talented fighter, fragile hands. Uh, you know, I, I question some of uh, some of his opponents. It seems like they really overprotected him. There's there's a little asterisk next to him in my book because I wonder what they're afraid of. He displays. Everything you want to see in a young fighter. You know, he's got the amateur pedigree. Uh, he's He's got hand speed. He can knock people out. Uh, he's, he's, he's tough to hit sometimes. Um, I, I just I, I don't see why they're so hesitant to put him in. They put him in with a guy like Leo Santa Cruz. That's a tough fight because Leo Santa Cruz is relentless. We see him. He's, he's not He's not a flashy guy. He doesn't do anything special. He does take shots. His defense isn't that tight. But um, but Leo Santa Cruz against uh, Gary Russell Jr. I, I like that fight. I see I see Gary Russell Jr. being forced to show us everything he's got to fight Leo uh, Santa Cruz. Um, I hope they make that fight in 2018 because I, I like that fight. What's your thoughts? Yeah, it's
0: right on the same page, Bill. I like that fight. I think uh, both fighters will rise to the occasion and give it their best. And uh, I see a good fight in that fight, a fight. Good action-packed fight. Um,
1: one other fight that people mention, and, you know, I have a hard time with it because I, I've turned into a, 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 a guy that doesn't like either one of these fighters anymore. Uh, I, one of them I never liked. Uh, the other one I lost a lot of respect for, and I know you did too. But uh, a name that uh, the names that keep popping up and this fight should have been made, uh, you know, years ago, literally years ago. Uh, Sergey Kovalev against Adana Stevenson. Now, Adonis Stevenson, in, in my mind, is a fraud. Um, you know, yes, he's got some great wins under his belt and stuff, but th- this is a this is a guy who ducks more than uh, the Quakers do. Quacking, get it? Ducks, quakes. Right, right <laughs> I there. like it. You got it. I you mean, it. Uh, you know, job. the truth of the matter is, is Adonis Stevenson is a fraud. Um, he's right up there with uh, with all the other frauds that I mentioned. Um, Sergey Kovalev. You know, the crusher who was feared by everyone. You know, a guy like Andre Ward knocks him out. A guy who's not known for knockout power. Uh, Sergey Kovalev quitting, looking for the referee to help him. Um, I, you know, this is a fight I have no interest in seeing. I have no interest in seeing either one of these guys at the top of the, uh, of the, of the pile of light heavyweights. Personally, I'd like to see both of them go away and make room for some of the new uh, light heavyweights we got out there. Let's see some new guys. Let's see them earn the shots. Um, why do we need to keep re- reusing the 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 names? You know, Sergey Kovalev. They're trying to remarket him. Oh, I'm back. Oh, I'm the real Sergey Kovalev. Right. And Adonis Stevenson is 105 years old. He's never fought anybody. I mean, uh, there are some talented light heavyweights out there. Let's get rid of Kovalev and Stevenson. We're already rid of Andre Ward. So those three stooges are gone. Uh, I Well, I would hope that all three Stooges would be gone, and then we could see what we got in the light heavyweight division. But a lot of people out there want to see Kovalev against Stevenson.
0: Um, what's your thoughts? Bingo. <laughs> no. I think that, uh, like I said and like you said, I uh, lost a lot of respect for Sergey Kovalev uh, the night Andre Ward beat him, not lack of uh, giving Andre Ward the credit, just because I, I saw the lack of fire or fight and, and uh, backing up what you want to say. Uh, in Kovalev, and um, you know, I thought that he did quit. He, I think he got hit in the body and went down. And that, he was looking for a little help from the referee. And uh, I think that uh, it's no position that you want to see a world champion uh, in uh, without putting up a fight or trying to get off your feet or trying to get up on your feet. And and, and uh, so I lost all respect for him there. Um, I think Stevenson, as you said, uh, he, you know, he's a retread. He's been there done that he hasn't really uh, shown what he could do against a real top guy on some levels and i i i have no desire to see this fight i i really don't care too much about this
1: yeah i i i'm with you you know i i i've lost uh um you know all uh all, all respect for for sergi kovalev and i um you know adonis stevenson i i i call him chicken stevenson just like uh um, Kovalev does, but I, I don't care about either one of these guys, and that's not a fight. I, listen, the the main fights I want to see in twenty eighteen Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder, and Canelo against Triple G rematch. I, I mean, and and I do want to see um, Billy Joe Saunders against uh, Daniel Jacobs. I, I want to see that fight. I want to see that. And fight.
0: and I want to see Keith Thurman versus Errol Spence. Yeah.
1: No, I, listen. Keith Thurman's been shooting off his mouth too much, and he now it's time for him to back it up. And I tell you something, Errol Spence has already gotten into the head of uh, of Keith Thurman. Oh yeah, you can see oh, it yeah. when yeah. they're on the same in the same room uh, at the same desk. You know, you you can see it, and Errol Smith just has this. This smirk on his face, and <laughs> keep Thurman looming, gloo,
0: glue like I know something you don't know, pal, and when you get in the ring with me, you're gonna find out. Yeah, and 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 uh, and, and Thurman, you know, just he, he
1: just he's got this uneasiness, this nervousness look about him, you know. But uh, anyway, um, tomorrow uh, we will uh, be here, obviously uh, talking uh, talking boxing, and um, Wow, tomorrow's Friday already, huh? I can't believe it. I know. First Man, this year's flying week. by. This year's flying by already, Sal. <laughs> you know, I, we're already, <laughs> I mean, already done with the first week. 30th, oh, 30th. my God. It, it just seemed like oh, two weeks ago was in 2017. I mean, uh, this year's flying by. It's flying by. But uh, now, just okay. for a programming note, we will be here Monday. We will not be here on Tuesday of next week, but we'll be here for the rest of the week. And then we're off for a full week, actually, uh, six days, Monday through Friday and then that following Monday Because I'm going to be uh, down in St. Simon's So make your plans today Come and join us uh, See what all the hubbub's about With the uh, Sal's uh, restaurant and of course uh, our, uh, our event uh, at the SeaPOMs. Just go to CPOMS.com Call them up, tell them you want uh, to be part of the Billy C uh, event on January 19th uh, On this day, January 4th In boxing history I've always loved this guy's name in 1943, Slugger White wins a 15-round decision over Willie Joyce uh, to win the vacant Maryland World lightweight title to took place in Baltimore. Now, during this era, a lot of states had their own world titles. So did England. Uh, they had the London World title. Um, this was an era where they had uh, a little little uh, rebooting of themselves. So it's not just today. and And, and you know, boxing was good again. After Let's make boxing great again. Wait a minute, I've heard that before. Anyway, uh, on this day in 2003, Luis Perez wins a 12-round decision over Felix Machado uh, to win the IBF uh, Junior Bantamweight title to place in Washington, D.C. On this day in 1964, Eddie Perkins knocks out Yoshinori Takahashi in the 13th round to retain his WBC and WBA junior welterweight titles, and that took place in Tokyo, Japan. On this day in 2003, Demarcus Chop Chop Corley wins a 12-round decision over Randall Bailey to retain his WBO world junior welterweight title, and that took place in Washington, D.C. We gave a shout-out to Randall Bailey, one of the hardest uh, uh, punching fighters uh, in his weight classes. Uh, to come around I was glad that he uh, stopped by and uh, was listening to the show and finally on this day January 4th in 1940 the late great and some people have him as the best ever Henry Armstrong knocks out Joe Gahuni in the fifth round to retain his world welterweight title and that took place in St. Louis Missouri on this day January 4th in 1940 hey man That concludes our show for today. If you're on the East Coast, buckle up, get ready. It's going to get cold. If you're in the South, I know uh, down towards the city, uh, it's already snowing, down towards the city, New York City, it's already snowing. I know the uh, the South, uh, where Sal is, got hit a little bit. uh, It's moving north, but uh, get ready. You're going to get some snow, and then uh, the cold comes in. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's in the teens where I am right now, but that's not even cold. The cold is gonna be twenty three below on Saturday. Oh my god. I'm 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 shivering just thinking about it, Sal. I really am. <laughs> but uh but anyway, hey, listen everybody. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao
0: baby. <laughs>